time to spotlight the price and activity of what we've been seeing in crude oil, gasoline, and more. Who better to ask than Patrick DeHaan, head of petroleum analysis over at Gas Buddy. Thank you so much for being with us. There is so much to discuss. I, you know, I feel like I should have a rapid questions, but I'll start with the EU's decision um, phasing out Russian crude. What does this mean? Why do we care? To explain why this is such a very big deal. Yeah, Nicole, this is really a game changer that the EU has been sitting on now for probably the last six to eight weeks. We kind of saw it coming, waiting for the French election. The EU is the biggest beneficiary of Russian oil to the tune of four and a half million barrels a day. This is their primary source of oil. And by shutting the primary source of oil off, they're going to have to find a replacement and really cut to the chase here. OPEC's got a little bit of spare capacity, but there's not a whole lot of, of spare capacity, not enough to meet four and a half million barrels a day of consumption. So this is going to be a very tight walk that the EU is going to be doing here. They're going to try and build up inventories, find additional suppliers here by the end of 2022. But there is no way you can dance around the amount of pain that this is going to cause not only the EU, uh, but the global economy as well. Oil prices up to $118 a barrel. The national average in the U.S. already jumping based on yesterday's market movements. This is going to be an extremely painful summer, only made worse by this EU announcement. It, it just, it's baffling because this is something that has been spoken about for some time. Um, I just, there's been no actual real preparation for this move. I guess that nobody really thought they would do it. But the good part is it's going to be sort of phased, right? I mean, it's not just tomorrow, no more Russian oil. Yeah, there's going to be a, a softer blow here, right? Is that pipeline, uh, pipeline oil shipments can continue to hungry. That's how they got hungry on board. Uh, but uh, I mean, this is this is a huge deal. Um, you know, not only yeah. is, okay. is the EU cutting off Russian oil, but keep in mind they're cutting off insurance for some of the carriers to deliver Russian oil to China and to India. So that's the even bigger part of this announcement. All right, I, I got to get back to right here in the United States. So more pain at the pump. It's over five dollars um, in many places. Do we see six? Do we see seven? And do we see rationing at home here in the U.S. and or abroad in Europe for sure? Yeah, I think energy security is going to be a, a bigger challenge in Europe where they could see physical disruption. I'm really hopeful that that will not extend to the United States, that the free market prices may go up, but I'm not looking at imminent outages. Obviously, there's a lot of challenges here in the U.S. The US with diesel prices. Uh, we're dealing with 5% uh, less refining capacity than three years ago. So could we hit $5? I think that's going to happen by mid-June. $6? Well, if we get a major hurricane that enters the Gulf of Mexico and shuts things down, certainly. But it's going to take exceptional events for us to get to that $6. $7? Well, San Francisco is only 60 cents away from that $7 mark. So some of the expensive markets, the boutique markets in California, will probably hit the $7 mark, but I think that's a long shot nationally. Having said that, if you would have told me a year ago prices would be $1.66 more today and we'd be talking about a $5 national average, I pro probably would have said that that would have been an extreme long shot and taken the under. So we've come a long way in less than a year. 
It, it's, it's unbelievable. And I'm glad you brought up San Francisco because when I say $5, I'm thinking about my gasoline. I live in New York City. I live in Manhattan where it's over $5. Um, but as you said, the national average is below $5, but um, likely to move up. You said $6 would really be an exceptional number if there were hurricanes and things, but San Francisco could see $7. Tell me about going forward. You know, how much in percentage terms have we seen gasoline go up year over year? But more importantly, next year and the year after, what are the forecasts? Boy, they're particularly ugly. As we stand here today, Americans are going to be shelling out $623 million more. That's just to fill their tanks with gasoline. That doesn't include the ramifications. With all that's going on, with all of the uncertainty and, and you know, escalations and de-escalations a year from now, you might as well get out of dartboard. I mean, it certainly could be higher. There are steps that the Biden administration could take. I mean, we're talking with Iran and Venezuela, for goodness sake, make an investment into U.S. oil production, provide some certainty. Maybe some incentives are needed to get things moving, but we're going to have to walk back the energy policy that has kind of been the problem here. We're going to have to embrace oil and gas while we make a transition to nuclear and to renewables. And that's the problem, is that oil companies have seen that the president is targeting them. He wants to move to renewables. He's rejecting oil and gas. We're going to have to embrace oil and gas for a period of a few years. And we're going to have to have policies that embrace oil and gas for the next few years. Right here in the USA. Patrick DeHaan, thank you. A great conversation. Appreciate it. I know you're only Thanks, the messenger. Nicole. We appreciate that you were on with us today, Patrick of, of Gas Buddy, Patrick DeHaan.